So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, and welcome to Love After Lockup. Ha ha, okay. I'm Miss H, and today, Mr. O and I will be talking about Love After Lockup, Season 3, Episode 13. This week, Tyrese gets ghosted, Sean thinks a proposal will solve all their problems, Maurice gets a pass to Vegas, Lindsay finally gets to see her daughter, Quaylen acts moody, and Heather gets crazy while Dylan charms her family. If you like what you hear, please support us by subscribing and leaving a five-star rating or any other constructive comments are welcome. And if you watch 90 Day Fiance, check out our other podcast channel, 90 Day MK, Teachable Moments with Ms. H and Mr. O. Thanks, stay safe, and enjoy. Hello, Ms. H. Hello, Mr. O. How are things going? Uh, things are going okay. Yeah. It, yes, just okay. I feel like I'm getting burnt out with election information. Oh, see, I don't know. See, you're getting a pretty, you're in a pretty blue area yourself. I'm in a very blue area, so I don't get any TV ads at all for the election. Oh my gosh, the TV ads have been out of control. Well, you have, you have like the questions. You have like question 22 that people are spending a ton of money on. Yep. And stuff like that. We just have, I get nothing. Like nobody cares. Yeah. Like everybody, all the elections I'm taking part in are like foregone conclusions. So it, if I wasn't like digging, searching it out myself, I would never know. Oh, gosh. Yes, I'm just over it. So, yes, uh, November 3rd can't come soon enough. So, <laughs> but in the meantime, speaking of making decisions. I know. I'm, I'm so glad to have this crew back. I actually like this crew a lot better. Than yes, the- this episode was really fun. I yeah. actually really liked this episode. All right. So um, do you want to get started? Should I get started? Uh, sure. I'll go ahead and start with okay. Shonda and Tyrese. So Tyrese has been trying to call Shonda, but his calls are not going through. He hasn't heard from her for two months, and he doesn't know if she's incarcerated or dead. His daughter Tyresha and his granddaughter come to visit. Tyresha has the most insane fake eyelashes where you can barely see her eyes. And then Tyrese tells Tyresha that the last time he talked to Shonda was at the bus stop. He's tried to call, text, email, check her social media. And Tyresha says it sounds like he got used, but Tyrese thinks that that's impossible because they had a connection. Tyrese denies giving Shonda money, and Tyresha thinks that, you know, her dad's lying and he's just embarrassed about being used and then ghosted. Tyrese thinks it's possible that Shonda's in jail and just forgot his address. Tyresha rolls her eyes at the possibility. So, where do you think Shonda is? Uh, well, I mean, she had to go to that halfway house. So yes. I, d- I do believe she's at the halfway house. But I think, you know, she said before she went, she's she's got a lot of she's got a lot of fingers and a lot of pots that she yes. that she can get money out of. <laughs> right. She's just she must be working on somebody different right now. Yeah, I kind of think so, too. I think that Tyrese... Okay, I get that, you know, okay, some people are very guided by emotions and it lets them cloud their judgment. And so, like, when you kind of feel like, oh, I have this connection, how could this person possibly lie to me? This needs to mean something because, like, I feel that it means something to me. Uh Like, I get that, right? I get that you can kind of be duped but at the same time it's been two months how are you still holding on to the it's not possible that she scammed me you know it's like look at who you're dealing with it's been two months like how are you still in denial i I don't think it's denial it's defensiveness like i think that's part of the reason Mm. he was so quick triggered about it before is because he's just defensive about it that's what he was always afraid was going to happen and it's like you couldn't no no i won't i won't even let that be in my head how dare you you know like if you're like I don't know. Maybe it's also a personality type thing, but I feel like if you are really and truly convinced that it is real, you're if somebody says it's fake, you're not going to like snap at them. How dare right. you say that? You think I would yeah. get duped? You're just going to be like, "Listen, man, we have a connection for real." Like, yeah. I do think that he does have and we've said this before, kind of an inflated sense of self. Yeah. You know, like he seems to think he's the shit, Definitely. right? And so to admit that he was outsmarted by someone is mm-hmm. probably not something that he can even comprehend in his head. Like, he's so much more smarter than that, right? Yep. Like, he would never let that happen. Like, he's street smart. He knows what's going on. 
Right. So I think right. that might be part of it as well. And I don't even know if she. I, I'm curious. I'm curious if Sharp is able to follow her and dig her up, and we'll see later. Like see oh, her I'm side sure they are later. Which I assume yeah. we would, because I, I don't feel like we would see him if we weren't going to get her side. But right, like. She's barely been in the show. I know she was in for that one episode, like an episode in the very end of like a second episode. Right. Yeah. But I just feel like she we got the impression from her that like Tyrese was not what she thought he was. Right. She was like, yeah, it's, you know, because everybody everybody's had that where you were talking to somebody and then you met and you were like, yeah, yeah. uh, like and that 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 was the impression I got from her. He was like, "Oh." Well, okay. So in his defense, I would say that the pictures that they show uh weren't like from long time ago, right? They were recent yeah. pictures. Yeah, he wasn't trying to hide anything. This isn't like Sean and Destiny situation where he's lying about his age, showing like pictures that are like totally. 10 years old. So right. Tyrese is like upfront, but at the same time, I get it because there have been plenty of times where, you know, the guy looks like his picture, but at the same time, like in real life, you're like, wow, you look older, but it's not because your picture wasn't, you know, it's just like. It's that you weren't intentionally misleading, but it's just like, oh, right. I see that that picture was clearly you and it was clearly yes. recent, but it's still. Ugh, yeah, it's, it's, I'm just not that into it. Yeah. Yeah. Right, totally. I mean, that happens to everybody. I, I mean, I'm sure it happens the other way too. I'm sure people have thought that about me. Like, so I mean, it just <laughs> is what it is. But like, usually it's not after such a long right. courtship, right? It's not after yeah. such a long thing. It's just you've been talking to somebody for a week and then you meet up and you're like, yeah. And then you yeah. don't meet up anymore. Like, it's not a big deal. Yeah. And but you're not for, like invested. You're not invested. And, mm-hmm. and the other thing is, you haven't given them money, even no matter oh, what God. he protests about how much money he's given her. That's another thing he's defensive about. He's given her money and he feels yeah. bad and he feels duped that he's given her money. Oh, yeah. Even if absolutely. it was, oh, it's $5 here. That's not money. $5 isn't money. Right. Okay. Like, yeah. And he conveniently forgets about like the what was it, 200 or 400 in cash? Oh, yeah. He, he just, yeah, just gave her when she left on the bus. That was the last thing he did was give her like 200 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, well, that that's 200 right there. And like, I don't know. But then I could also see him being like, well, 200 is like $5 to me because I'm just so, because I'm so flush rich with and, cash. Yeah, I'm so rich and important and yeah, and smart that yeah, whatever. I don't get two pills. All right. So yeah. <laughs> ready to move on? Let's, sure. Let's move on to people who seem to have a, a actual genuine connection. And that is Maurice <laughs> and Jessica. So first thing we see is Maurice filming a cell phone video of him. And he has the travel pass to come for his parole to Nevada. Since we last saw him, he's been bouncing around the houses of various family members waiting for this pass. Because, you know, the last time um, Jessica's dad said, go back to California until you have the pass and he'll come back. They Then they move in all of his boxes and he's super psyched to sleep in his own bed. He still needs to make a trip to California once a month to renew the pass. But it seems still like a much better setup for him. Um, But, you know, in addition to wanting to lay down in his bed, he also wants to do some other stuff in the bed as soon as he come in. But (laughs) Jessica has some news first. She is late, nauseous and waiting for him to come home so she can take the pregnancy test. Because, you know, when it's TV and a woman throws up, they're pregnant. They're both very excited about it. But Maurice is nervous about his job prospects, given his record and his parole status. Jessica gives Maurice the pregnancy test to obsess over, and the test results are positive. He looks forward to being there for all the things he missed from his first daughter because he was in prison. Jessica says she has always wanted to be a mom, but is nervous that with someone, it's with someone she's only spent one month one month with in the real world. She's also nervous about how her parents are going to feel about it and if they're going to be mad. <laughs> so let's start there. How do you think her parents are going to react to this news? Oh, not good. And and not because they don't like him. I think they gave him a fair enough chance. I just, and I think they would probably think what anyone would think, even if this was the perfect man, right, who wasn't in jail, mm-hmm. like your model citizen. Everyone would be super concerned that, you know, maybe you've been talking online for a really long time, but you've known this person for a month. So pretty much if they're pregnant, like they're taking a pregnancy test, like they pretty much got pregnant as soon as he got out. 
Yeah, right. Because it's right. been four weeks. That's what they said. It's been four weeks. Right, so right. they got pregnant as soon as he got out. And so it's one of those things where I think any parent would be concerned. Like, you need to have kind of an established track record of sticking around, you know? like Yeah, or of even, like, the little things. Like, you don't, mm-hmm. we, you know, it, it, it's a big difference between dating someone. And it's almost like dating someone or marrying someone because they were married, right? Yeah. It's, it's not like they just got married. But dating or being in a relationship with someone who is in prison is like the extreme version of a long distance relationship, right? Right, right. And that's all you've ever had, right? Yeah. And so, I mean, in the extreme, extreme version, because they've never even slept in the same bed before, right? Or right. anything like that. Yeah. That can be, you know, big things. You don't know the little things that go with living with somebody. They could be a slob, you know, and this, and it totally goes both ways. Jessica could yeah. be a slob and he could not be able to handle it, right? Right, right. And there's all kinds of things that like could be bumps in the road and totally can be overcomable. But it's like, man, that those are going to be hard to smooth over when there's a baby too. Right. And I think like just finding your conflict resolution style, I think is part of that getting to know each other. Sure. Right? So like you said, these are all things you can overcome, but how do you resolve conflicts? Is it on the same page as your, your partner? Like those are things that you have to figure out. And mm-hmm. it, that's like the difference between like a blow up domestic situation or you know, like a calm conversation where it's like we've come to a mutual decision and a compromise. Well, yeah, even little things about that you just don't know about each other. Like you're saying when you're in conflict, some people never go to bed angry. And right. other people are like, well, we need to sleep on this and talk about it in the morning because we're right. both crazy. And like those don't those are going to butt heads with each other. And especially when you bring a baby and nobody's getting any sleep anyway, like right. a little thing like that can be a huge difference. Right. How do you yeah. deal with how are they going to org? uh Deal with their money. How are they going to deal with, you know, sharing their money once he starts mar- making money? These are all things you don't know. And I'm sure, I wouldn't say I'm sure, but it's very likely that they haven't really talked parenting styles. Oh, gosh. Anything, right? Yeah. Because as much as he has his daughter, like he hasn't been around to help raise her. So he probably hasn't thought about things like that. Yeah. I mean, he did mention all the things that he wasn't there for for his daughter. So like, I don't, right. despite the fact that he has the daughter, he certainly doesn't have any kind of inherent in innate you know parenting skills that he's been developing over over that time so it's it, he's still going to you know feel it's going to feel like a new dad thing for him even though he's yeah. not a new dad yeah definitely okay why can't maurice like pull up his pants like i'm tired of seeing that much of his underwear that's just the style i mean oh my gosh yeah in the 90s Oh no, it's not. It's still. Oh gosh. Uh, I, I, I it, the school I teach in all, all the time. I just, I, I've just seen so much of it that I just, I, I don't even care. I don't care. Oh my god. And I'm definitely as a teacher, I'm like, okay, if you want to, I'm going to teach. If you're going to show up in my classroom, I'm going to teach you. Like, okay, fine. But it's because <laughs> the other thing too is a lot of times he'll do that. He was. I've seen kids wear like two pairs of underwear. Uh, his the for show underwear. His were his were not. No, like one will be like boxers, and then they'll have like. Like something tighter on underneath of it, so like the, there's a basically yeah show underwear. <laughs> that <they'll have. laughs> That's so weird. It's it's even weirder. It's even weirder because he was in still in the baggy jeans from the '90s. But remember, he's been in he's been in and out of jail since the '90s, right? Mm-hmm. But no, I think it makes him look proportioned weird. I think that's also why it's weird because right. it makes your legs look really short. Right. It. I was gonna say opposite. It makes his like top half look really short. Oh, I like was thinking it, it, it kind of goes because I'm I'm imagining his hips, right, to be down. When I see it, I don't know. I kind of blend the in underwear in with. Oh, his upper so maybe I do the opposite. Like I think of his hips as being at the top of his underwear, and I'm just yeah. like, well, he's like short waisted. That's like odd proportions. Like he's got really long legs. Now it's what's interesting, uh, and uh, pff, uh, the the kids at my school are just crazy with because they'll do it with like skinny jeans, right? And oh, it's just yeah. crazy, and it's just like. The way they belt, they have to belt it really tight around their, um, because Maurice hikes it up all the time. Like he's always adjusting. Yeah. It. They just belt it like super tight around their thighs and then walk around like penguins. It's weird. Okay. Are you guys like behind fashion? I feel like that was a thing when I first started teaching and my students, it was so ridiculous. Like they couldn't, their jeans were so tight that they couldn't bend their legs. And so they kind of walked like a penguin, like swinging their legs sideways. Now they have these jeans that have like built in like articulated sections on the knees. Oh, my gosh. 
<laughs> what the hell is happening? <laughs> Thank goodness my students don't wear stuff like that. Well, I mean, I, say, I wouldn't say jeans. We have uniforms, so it's, it's the khakis they have to wear, but they get Oh, uh, okay. So, but they do have these articulated sections in the middle. It looks oh, like, you know, goodness. you know, you know, the buses that are two buses in one, it's got that like middle accordion section. It's uh-huh. like that on their knees. Oh, goodness. What about uh, his hair? That's uh, also a choice. It, it, I, and I'm... The waves are fine. The waves are kind of in right now. Like he had heavy duty waves. The waves are fine. It was the swirl. Yes. I'm even okay with a pattern. It's not that the fact it's a pattern. It's the fact that it was a swirl. It looked like a cartoon character. I was like, what is happening right now? Yeah. I don't know the last time I've seen a swirl like that. That was, that was something. (laughs) Like front and center. Because I feel like even off to the side, it would have been fine. But it was like smack like right above his forehead. It was really big. Like really, it was really, really big. big, right above his forehead. It was like Teletubby style. I was just like, <laughs> what is happening right now? And Jessica, she's missing a tooth? I didn't even notice that. What? Like one of like her one of her eye teeth or something? Which one? That's uh right behind the canine. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, there's been some rumors and suspicions about her her and like drug use, hasn't there? Yes. And that would that would that would fit that, right? Oh god. Unfortunately. <sighs> Here's a life lesson. If you're doing anything to where you could potentially lose a tooth, maybe we should reevaluate our life choices. Yeah. Uh, tell that to hockey players. <laughs> well, yeah, you should probably wear like uh, better protection. That's fa- that's fair enough. Yeah. Yes. That's fair. So that is the life choice that you should probably be rethinking. <laughs> Not the playing hockey, but the playing hockey without proper protection right right so moving away from the pregnancy machine uh let's move on to scott and Lindsay. uh Lindsay just got an ankle monitor to prove that she is quarantining for two weeks she is under home confinement which she's not happy about because the house is a mess Lindsay is hell-bent on getting scott to finish the house as soon as possible Lindsay is anxious to see her daughter but has to wait until the quarantine is over before she can see miley grace Scott and Lindsay have been bickering, so Scott has been forced to sleep on the couch, and they have not had sex or had any kind of intimacy. We get a little more explanation of Scott's tattoo. He had bought his son an Audi Quattro for his 16th birthday, which is why he had an Audi logo, and his son uh, and him would always fist bump each other when they saw each other. So that was, you know, in the little commercial segment. Mm -hmm. Uh, Scott sets up a meeting with Miley Grace where they meet at the glass door and she's able to talk on the phone as they can see each other through the glass. Miley Grace says she hopes that her mom can stay home and out of trouble. Lindsay tells us that she was pregnant by 15 and when Lindsay was in prison, Miley Grace's dad just kind of faded away. Lindsay shows Miley Grace her ankle monitor and they say they're going to bedazzle it later. Brenda, Lindsay's mom, thinks that Scott will be a good influence on Lindsay, but she just hopes that Lindsay will stay out of trouble. All right, so this is kind of the first we're hearing that Scott's grandiose ideas of having the red energy of the bedroom not working (laughs) according to his plan. out. Turns out you need furniture in the house, too. Right, not just a red wall. Not just a red wall in the bedroom, (laughs) So do you think Scott will ever make his way back to the bed? Yeah, I guess. I don't think so. You don't think he'll ever make, ever get, ever graduate to the bed? Never? I don't think he will. Like, Lindsay is clearly using him. And I think she's going to be one of those people that always picks fights with him to avoid having to do anything she doesn't want to do. Okay. You know? Like, I think, yeah, she was mad about the house thing, right? Mm -hmm. But she blew it up way worse than it had to be because now she doesn't have to, like, sleep with Scott. Right. So you're just saying that she's always going to find something to be mad about so that she doesn't have to sleep with him. Yes. Unless it gets to the point where he where she feels like she doesn't have control over the situation anymore. I can see where she's like, oh, I got to put out or, you know, this mm-hmm. isn't going to I mean, continue. How long, how long do you sleep? on a couch before you're just like, you know what? I'm going to get another bed for the other room and I'm going to sleep on that instead. Well, it shouldn't like, be anyway because it, what's the kid going to sleep on, right? Right. Well, she they're, they were supposed to be putting together her room in the garage, right? Yeah. Yeah. But you'd think they'd have like a guest room or something, especially if, you know, because Miley Grace's grandma, you know, Lindsay's mom, you'd think would be guest enough of a guest that you would want to have a separate bedroom, right? 
Well, okay, if they had a guest room, why couldn't she sleep in a guest room instead of like an unfinished garage? That's true. Yeah, I don't know. So, but I don't think it's a one bedroom house. I know. Do those even exist? Not like since... a standalone one bedroom house seems odd. Yeah, I can't even. The idea of it seems odd. That is weird. I don't think I've never seen one, so I can't say. Yeah, I, I don't think I have either. So that means there's got to be something they're using rooms for. Well, they had, I guess they were supposed to have like a, a, a gym room, which I would think I would put that in the garage. I have, yeah, yeah there's many questions right? about this, about this house plan. Right. Because it's like, why can't Miley Grace have like the carpeted room instead of like having to carpet the garage? Just stick the gym equipment in the garage. Then you don't even need a carpet. Yeah. And then, okay. So I'm backing up that. Was it just me or was that ankle monitor absurdly large? Like, I feel like I've seen smaller ankle monitors than that, right? Sadly enough, I have seen an ankle monitor. <laughs> Not for myself. Um, I had a friend who had, um, he had had so many DUIs or something. He was on like house arrest for a week or something. So he had an ankle monitor and it was that big. Oh, I just, because I feel like, the, again, the kids in my school who have ankle monitors, oh they're... <laughs> They're not that big. They walk around with them like they're. Oh my goodness! Like That's slight, so crazy. Slightly bigger than the page than like the pagers everybody used to have when we were yeah. in high school, right? Maybe it's just a different kind because that one, it's verse, you know, because they know they have to be traveling with it because they do have to come to school, yeah. Right, and if you have a job, you know, a lot of times home confinement. We all you go to your job, and so yeah. like, but if they know, just like, no, you're going to be in the house. Like, take this old crappy one. <laughs> That is Lug so insane you your students have ankle <laughs> monitors. Not like many of them, but usually there's, <laughs> I mean, it's 2,000 kids. There's usually like four or five. I can guarantee you at the school I work at, there are zero kids with an ankle monitor. <laughs> wow, we are like teaching in different worlds, Mr. O. <laughs> But all uh, right. So it was big and she had to like charge it. Like, yeah, that seems weird. Like she has to charge it with it on. Well, you can't take it off. Uh, yeah, Do you have a shower so with crazy. it on too? Yeah. So that's I mean, like a whole I can't, thing. I can't remember. Like I just saw my friends, but right. you know, like I saw him for the one day out of however. So I didn't, I didn't ask him about like charging it or anything mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I don't, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure exactly how they work. Like, I don't know what they have to set up in the house to be able to trigger it. Because they've had them before, like, GPS was a thing. So I don't think they're GPS-based. Or at least yeah, maybe that Yeah, no, and I think that's maybe the difference is mm -hmm. maybe the ankle monitors with GPS in them are smaller. I It's like um, there's, like, a base to it, right? And so you have to, like, have the signal. Oh, and it's, so it's got to be near. certain yeah, distance of a signal. Right. right. That would make sense. It would probably ping it, which is why it would be active. Um, this is the, yeah. Now, I'm, by the way, my background's in electrical engineering, so now I'm like <laughs> thinking about the communications protocol for the. All right, yay! All right, moving on. <laughs> moving on. Let's go to Chevelle and Quaylen. So now this is two weeks out of prison. Chevelle brings Quaylen to see her pastor, Pastor Otis, who often works with people who are recently released. Chevelle leaves Quaylen and Otis for what basically kind of feels like a first therapy session. Um, Quaylen shares his concerns about getting a job and the antagonistic position of Chevelle's family towards him. And Otis asks Quaylen who his biggest supporter is right now. And instead of saying Chevelle, he says his mom, which is, of course, another point of tension about if he's going to stay in Kansas City or go to Houston. Otis tells him that what's important right now is that he make is that he actually get off the fence and make a decision to let the chips fall where they may. And on the drive home, Chevelle wants to know about the conversation, but is disappointed about how quiet Quaylen is being. She thinks this weird behavior traces back to the, to the welcome home party. And then they have an argument about always saying good morning or something. Quaylen in an interview tells us that the reason he's being quiet after all those years in prison surrounded by people he just not, needs some time to himself. He says he loves Chevelle and Maela, Chevelle's daughter, but everything is moving pretty quickly for him and he's trying to figure out what is best for him. So, what do we think? I mean, we kind of the same question every week. Is he going to stay or is he going to end up in Houston? 
Oh, uh, I think he's going to end up in Houston. Yeah, this like, this one made it sound like he was definitely going to end up in Houston. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just he's pulling a typical like I don't want to say typical male thing, but typical immature thing, right? He's not handling his stress very well. Sure. And the stress stems from this commitment that he's starting to realize like, oh my gosh, this is like a serious thing, right? And so he's feeling scared about it. Mm-hmm. Whatever like it may mean, like, you know, scared that he's like stuck, scared that he has responsibility. He's stressed about it. And so how he's handling it is so immature. So his, you know, how he's handling it is like, being quiet, yeah. moody, picking a fight, being like uh like defensive, being like uh, like offensive, like just attacking her for no reason and it's just like poor Chevelle like she's just like what the hell is going on, you know, cuz it just he's like lashing out for like no reason, but I think I don't know. I think it's also a weird way that people kind of deal with things. Like if he knows that, you know, like wow, I really want to you know, go live with my mom, you know, he's going to kind of set all of this on fire. So that way Chevelle feels better about it. Right. Sure. I mean, it, it, yeah, it's both self-serving and kind of like, oh, like I didn't just leave you. It just wasn't working. Like it had to not be working first. And we had, you had to recognize it wasn't working. But part of that is also, you know, how many people sabotage relationships, hoping the other person is the one that ends it. Right. Yes. That has, that that happens. I mean, it's a pretty, I suppose it's an immature thing to do, but that happens across all kinds of spectrum. Oh, sure. But yeah. like, it just seemed to me the first thing we he said is he, he talked about, it sounded like a, a quarterback jumping from college to the NFL. He was like, everything's just so fast. Like everything yeah. is happening so fast out here. And so I don't think he realized no matter, and people tried to warn him, like yeah. how big of an adjustment it was going to be just being out let alone being out at the same time you're trying to become a husband and a father. Like, right. Like though all three of those at once, that's hard. And right. I feel like right now, and that's why he leans toward Houston. He's like, wow, just being out is the one thing I don't have control over that. That that's done. Right. I, I can choose the other things. And this is this right now. It seems like for him, he's like, wow, this is hard enough. Yeah. And I think also like to him, Houston is like no commitment. Right. Like he doesn't have to be responsible for taking care of a child. He doesn't have to be responsible for making his partner happy. You know, if anything, his mom is going to take care of him. He's going to get mothered if he goes to Houston. And, you know, like he doesn't have to take care of himself, you know, and Chevelle can like do whatever she wants to like act like a mom to him, which it kind of seems like she does in a lot of ways, Uh but that isn't his mom at the end of the day. And they're supposed to be equals. So I feel like there's just going to be an imbalance as it is with those kinds of dynamics. No. And I totally see from another thing that comes from his perspective is he's coming out and being like, wow, I really need support. Right. And that's why when he said, who is your biggest support right now? He said Mm -hmm. his mom, right. He's like, I really need support. And he feels like what Chevelle is asking is she's asking him for support, right? She's asking right. him to take yes. responsibility. And he's like, yeah. no, I can't even stand on my own. And you're like leaning on me. I, that, yeah. I can't deal with that. That's too much. Right. Yeah. You're asking me to co-parent. You're asking yeah. me to get a job, to uh, contribute to the household income, mm-hmm. to make you happy. Right. You know? And to be there, yeah, to be there to say good morning to you. You're going to get bent out of shape because I said good morning to Naila and not you. Like, right. That- I think he's one of those guys that in prison, well, I wouldn't even say specifically in prison. It's just easier to say things. It's easier to sweet talk someone, you know, and it's easier to say all those things when it seems like so far away, you don't have to follow through on what it is that you're saying. I mean, and to an extent, you're also allowed to kind of fill in the gaps with what you mm-hmm. want to be filled in right yeah. it, you're, you're it's it's i hate to say it like this but it's almost like a fantasy like yes. he, he has this fantasy of a relationship that, that when when he's in prison and then he gets out and it's like yeah. oh no this is like <laughs> they get to the nitty-gritty is here too like there's it's not just what you the parts you wanted right no i agree and so i just feel like maybe there were good intentions there uh but it's just not – I don't know. It's too stressful for him and he's too immature to handle it. Mm-hmm. Well, I so mean, I just 
I see as, this going as, up yeah, in he flames. Have, he just doesn't have a, he just doesn't have a life experience to handle it. I mean, he just doesn't. Right. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of life experience to handle things, oh geez, they got Dylan and Heather. <laughs> okay, Dylan is ready to give back to Heather and take care of her for being a ride or die for the last five years. We find out that Dylan is on probation for two years due to his past with drugs and alcohol. Heather's apartment flooded about two weeks ago, so Heather's Aunt Diane, who is older and sick, has allowed both of them to stay with her. Heather's Aunt Stacy and Aunt Diane are waiting to greet Heather and Dylan when they arrive. Dylan is friendly and charming with Heather's aunts, and they both take an immediate liking to him. And they are just talking his ear off as Heather is in the back room spying on them and brooding and getting mad that her aunts are monopolizing Dylan's time. She comes out and she's just very dramatic saying she doesn't feel well and she just wants to lay down and is stomping around throwing a tantrum. Dylan tries his very best to calm her down. He's embarrassed that Heather is being rude and disrespectful to her family. Aunt Diane tells Stacy that, you know, she's ill and can't be aggravated because it's not good for her health. Heather and Dylan are in her room and she's getting on his case for not wanting to spend more time with her and Diane walks in the room and Heather just chases her out. Heather thinks that they need to pack up their stuff and leave and stay at a hotel for a while. Dylan tells Aunt Diane that they're going to head to a hotel to spend some time together and he thanks her for everything multiple times. Diane brings up, you know, well, what about your parole officer? And Dylan assures her that it will be fine. He's supposed to be staying at Diane's house, so Dylan is risking a lot by leaving with Heather. Dylan is packing up the car, and Heather has a moment to talk to Aunt Diane, who tells her, you know, that she thinks Dylan will be good for Heather because, you know, he's such a sweetheart. But then warns Heather not to start trouble and act all jealous because Dylan's not going anywhere. Heather then gets mad and confronts Aunt Diane about her demands on Dylan's time. Heather says that she is given five years and she deserves some time with Dylan. She is throwing mad attitude at Aunt Diane, which upsets her. And then Aunt Diane just loses her shit and yells at Heather. Heather storms out and tells Dylan that she's done with Aunt Diane as they drive off. Okay, so we definitely saw a particular brand of crazy come out yeah, of Heather. that was, yep. ooh, Lord. Well, like, right. there's a lot of things to unpack with Heather right there. Like, Let's start at the beginning. Why didn't she just join the conversation? Yes. Like, why right. was she weirdly, like, in the room, like, poking her head out? Like, because she, and I don't know what she wanted because she said a thousand times they can't have sex in that house. So, right. I don't know. <laughs> like, she was, you need to just come here and lay alone with me for, yeah. like, ever? I think that's what it is. I've seen this behavior with immature people before. Like, when I... And when I mean immature, I mean, like, when I'm younger, I've seen girlfriends be like this with their guys. You know? Like, in a party situation. Like, you're not paying enough attention to me, like, in a social situation. Uh -huh. And just trying to almost try to remove them from the situation. It's almost to, like, exert power. Like... Well, okay, yes. I can remove you from the situation so I know you're choosing me over them. But it's absurd that she's like trying to show that she is somehow a better priority than her aunts because it's clearly he is just being polite. Yes. I mean, he is being he, and he was being so super charming and he so was. polite. Like, yes. Like we say Gracious it's the kiss of death, of but them. he seemed so awesome. Like, yes, like I was like, I really like this guy. And. Like, and she was just, and she just, like, picked a fight. Like, there's definitely history there between her and Aunt Diane. Like, oh, yeah. the, there's certainly history there that is that we don't know everything about. But it just seemed weird that she just was just like, I must pick a fight. Because the other thing that seemed really, really creepy to me is she had this weird sense of, like, ownership. No, no, no. Right. I paid five years. Yeah. I gave five years worth of time. I... I am now owed something, right? Right. And this, and yeah. and you can't. How are you? How are you? And you spending time with him. I am owed his undivided attention. Right. And you taking that away. From, you're like stealing from me because you're showing pictures of your nephew. Like, I mean, she was doing right. old lady stuff. She was like, "Oh, did you want to say my nephew? He's your age." And he's like, playing along like you're supposed to. Yeah. Like, right. And so I don't know what he wanted to do. Like, just did she want him to be like, "I'm sorry." old ladies i have no time for you i must go because they're supposed to be living with this lady i don't understand yeah it's so confusing 
Yeah. So what I was going to ask is, you know, okay, so Heather and Dylan have known each other for five years. Do you think Dylan knew Heather was this particular brand of crazy? I I don't think he did. Yeah. I don't think he did. Like, because it was never what the, 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 the thing that she wants now was something that was always off the table for those mm-hmm. five years, like yeah. 100% off the table. And so... You know, we talked about this when we talk about, you know, dating people who are like, you know, we, we, we made the joke, made the observation before, but you need to at least date somebody for a full year. So, you know, like the full calendar <laughs> sure, of the, the things different they're seasons, into, <laughs> right? Because they might yeah. be like super into fantasy football or something. And you're like, right. well, I, I could handle them for the rest of the year, but nope, this is a deal breaker. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. All he talks about fantasy football for four months and nothing else. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the same thing. Like. We never got to this opportunity where it's like, well, Heather feels like she can monopolize my time and kidnap me into her bedroom. That was never a thing before. Right. And yeah, because so I was going to say, he knows she's crazy. I mean, when he was talking about the tattoos, like, because she has Dylan right. tattooed uh-huh. in like three different languages and different parts of her body. And I think the first one happened, like, I think months after they were like, uh, you know first met so i think dylan said something like yeah that's kind of crazy so i think he knows she's crazy i don't think he knew she was this kind of crazy like this is like extreme jealousy like ridiculous like it, yeah, yeah like I, irrationally I so you would think i guess he would imagine he would have to be expecting some kind of jealousy yes mm-hmm. but not jealousy over my elderly aunt like not, yes. you, how, how are you getting jealous of your elderly aunt what are you Oh my god! Like, right. and then picking a fight with her, and it's like she just—yeah, you have to be nice to her. She's doing you a favor. A huge like, favor. what are you doing? A huge favor, and yeah. you're just like, you know, like, no, no, no. I'm gonna spit all. I'm gonna burn that down. I'm gonna burn, burn it, burn it all down because, like, because it seemed to me I would be, I would have expected her to be really clingy. Yeah. Right, but not like. The type of clingy. This is that's a little bit of a different scenario. It was like I expect her to be there and like hanging all over me and be like, "Can you just like give me a step?" Rather than like, "No, no, no." I I expected since I wasn't in that room, you were supposed to abandon everything and follow me where I was. That's what I expected. Right. Okay. Is it part of like parole that you're not allowed to stay at a hotel? Is yeah. that like a thing? Well, I mean, I only know what we hear from this show, and everybody seems really adamant that you're supposed to be at the place. That you put on your parole thing and they can stop by at any time. So can you put down a hotel? Because here's my thought. Like if Heather's place really was flooded, like if this, like most people have renter's insurance or some kind of insurance. Like if that were legitimately happening, like you can't Mm -hmm. just be homeless, right? Like they would have to pay for That's true. I mean, my, I I can't speak for everywhere because I know where I rent, like they require you to carry renter's insurance. Like it's pretty cheap. Oh, yeah. It's, like it's what, very cheap. 10 bucks a month? Yeah, or something, something like that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. It's not very much. Um, but yeah, you would think they would have something. And if it was, like, why would they put down her address if it, two weeks later they're going to move back? Right. Well, I, I guess mean, you would have to change the address. Change again. The address yeah. I don't know how often you're allowed to change the address either. Like, I don't know any of the rules for this. Right. But I mean, I feel like just as long as they know where you are, because isn't the whole point like he can get dropped in on at any time? Right. Yeah. So to me, it just seems like, why can't you just change your address a couple of times? I guess they do want you to be in more of a stable environment. Right. And that was my only thought of maybe why they are not allowed to stay at a hotel, because... A hotel seems like, you know, oh, yeah, maybe not yeah. the most stable of well, environments. Well, we're going to get that Tony Hotel where all the prostitutes were, right? Right, <laughs> right, 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 right. Where the right. drug deals are going down, like, right. by the ice machine or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so. That would be my only thought of, like, why. Well, and I, I don't know. I don't know the ins and outs of it's a huge, complicated system. Why some, some people have to get to put down an address. And other people mm-hmm. have to go to a halfway house. And other people have to go to a halfway house in a different part of the country. It's like all oh God, kinds yeah. of different stuff that I'm just not – I don't know. All right. All right. So, so last, last up. up is our favorite, Sean and Destiny. <laughs> God. So remember the last time we saw them, Destiny found out how Sean is still talking to his ex, Kelly, and, you know, ex-baby mama Kelly, and ended up punching him in the face. Uh, the episode starts off immediately following that as Sean gets in his truck to go to work. 
He hopes that the day apart will give her time to cool off, but he is worried that she'll still want to leave. He is at least smart enough to realize that all of his lying that he's done was probably not a good idea. (laughs) He gets to work and fills in Hector about what happened this morning, reminding him that if Destiny doesn't appear in court next week, Sean will be out $50,000 of bail. Destiny is also talking, and this is, and they have to go to Sacramento for that. So they have to go back to California to do it. Destiny is also talking about what happened on the phone with her sister. She doesn't want him talking to Kelly whenever he wants and finds that to be disrespectful to her. She tells us in an interview that she is thinking about getting even by doing going on a spending spree with his credit cards. <laughs> but her sister has a much more reasonable, pl- reasonable plan of her coming to California if things are that bad. Sean, while again talking to Hector, thinks that, that there is a two-pronged solution to this problem. One is proposing oh my God, and the other know. is having Destiny and Kelly meet each other. Even oh though that would cause, and I quote, World War Five. Idiot! <laughs> Gotta unpack that whole thing. God. He comes home after work, after radio silence from Destiny all day, telling us that he would be devastated if she wasn't there. He comes in, walking from room to room, calling to her, but the episode ends as we wait to see if she's there. So let's talk about Sean's plan. I'm going to win her back by introducing her to the person that she got infuriated I was talking to and no. then proposing to her. No. So how is, like how is this ideas. plan on a 1 to 10 scale? Uh, negative? <laughs> Sean is an idiot. Why does he think this is the solution to everything? First of all, if she's mad, why do you think that she will somehow be happy about a proposal? Right. Like, you're thinking of the wrong woman, right? This is something that would have worked on Kelly. Like, if him and Kelly were fighting, Kelly wanted to be married super badly. Mm-hmm. So if he was just like, sorry, babe, let's get married. Kelly would be like, oh, okay, everything's great, you know? Wrong woman. <laughs> Destiny doesn't really want to be married to this guy. She just wants to bleed him dry and, like, you know, freeload off of him. So I think that that's what he's, like, the biggest part where it's like a misconception that's leading him to the wrong conclusion. She doesn't actually want to be married to him. So that's not going to fix anything. No. And she's, she's going to really find, she's going to eventually find an excuse when he's done and dry and she's not getting anything out of him. She's going to find an excuse why it's his fault. And she, of course she needed to leave. You're still talking to the mother of your children. How disrespectful. I'm gone. And I'm taking your credit cards with me. Like, (laughs) Yeah, and I don't see how me- Kelly uh, is going how to... How is that going to help at all? No, it's not going to help anyone. Like, because the thing is, is it's like Kelly isn't even in a place where she's going to do her part to make it a positive experience. Oh, no. She's not even a little bit. No. No. She wants so this lady gone like, too. Absolutely. Right. So I it mean, makes no sense to me why he thinks that, oh, yeah, like they'll, you know, they'll be best of friends and yeah. they'll see that there's nothing going on and everything will be great. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. It's, she's, you don't solve the problem of somebody in a relationship having one foot out the door by being like, let's do more relationshiping. Like that, <laughs> no, that's not, that's going to do the opposite. She's going to want to leave that door even more. If you're like, hey. yes, we want more of this. But at least he didn't get stabbed. I was like, oh, God, Hector, I love you. Yeah. <laughs> His friend like, is so funny. in the nose. Right? Yeah, he's like, well, at least you didn't get stabbed. Okay, and then also Shauna says, like, yeah, but we've been getting along so good. It's have like, they? Have you? <laughs> they, they do get along great when he lets her spend all the money she wants to spend. Yeah. That's it. That's the that's – the, if he's letting her spend money, they get along great. If he says uh, maybe – Spend less money. Maybe stop spending more money than I make. Um, she gets all like, I can't believe you're being disrespectful. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Don't you know? This is what makes me happy. Do you not want me to be happy? <laughs> oh, man. Because she, she, we talk about him. She can't even do subtraction. Like, so. Oh, no, my God. This is how I much know. I make. This is how much I spend. You always put the big <sighs> number on top, right? That's how much money you have left over? Right. Oh, my God. <laughs> she has been spending money, let me tell you. So, because did you see her nails? That is not a cheap manicure, what she had. Oh, she no. had them all blinged out with, like, jewels on the top. And that, and she had a fresh tattoo. Mm. It wasn't a very nice-looking one. It was, like, that weird spider web she on spent, her She spent more in two hand. months than I spent in a year. Easy. 
Oh, yeah. Easy. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you're like, also super frugal. So I, that's also maybe true. two years. Maybe I would two say. years. I, I would it might be close. To say. I bet it's close in terms of discretionary spending. I bet it's yes. real close. No, absolutely discretionary. Yeah, definitely. And like maybe not in like food and like car payments and stuff, but you know, yeah. The, the other okay, well, for excluding that, I would venture to say five years. You don't really spend all that much money on yourself. I don't. I don't. No. Yeah. Definitely more than a year. De- yeah. a really solid two. Five might be close. And it's been like three months. Yeah. And so that's just, it's crazy to me. But let's also break down World War V. Oh, God. I texted you about this. <laughs> I was like, does he not get that the wars are numbered sequentially? <laughs> so my theory is that he was making a double mistake of, of mixing together, saying World War Three. But yeah. also saying DEFCON 5, right? He's an idiot. Which is a double mistake because DEFCON 5 is the least amount of readiness. Like DEFCON 5 <laughs> is everything's normal. <laughs> DEFCON 1 is there's currently a nuclear war going on. Oh, so, my gosh. Uh, wow. So, yeah, like I said, idiot. So many different ways he's an so idiot. Many different. He just, uh, it's painful to watch him, to watch him just be like, what? I don't, who are you talking about? Like. And even like Hector, Hector la- is laughing at him. Hector's like, I talked to this girl for one night and I know. Yeah. And I had her number down. <laughs> yeah. Like I knew exactly who she was. <laughs> right. And he's like, who are you talking about? Because it's not this lady. Right. Oh, gosh. So dumb. All right. Uh, so I think that pretty much wraps it up. I'm excited to see what happens. Yeah. Who is your student of the good, week? Good, ba- good introduction to these people. I it liked was. Maurice. Okay. I liked Maurice for his obvious enthusiasm for fatherhood right and his idea yeah. that he's gonna make it better and he's gonna he's gonna do things right this time and like and with with kind of basis right it does yes. seem like he's actually taking steps and doing things to live a different life than he lived before and not right. do what he not end up where he was before and just like you know it, it it's it's good especially if you're worried about your parents not taking the news of a pregnancy well to mm-hmm. you, to have that somebody be you know, genuinely enthused about it. Like he was yeah. not putting on a show. He was not pretending. He was genuinely enthused. Yeah, definitely. All right. My student of the week is Dylan. He's such a sweetheart and he was so charming and he was polite and Heather was just so crazy and it just like he handled it the best. I can't even picture how you could have better handled that situation uh-huh. Uh, given the circumstances, so yeah, I mean, right? I mean, that's so hard. Could you imagine? Uh, it's just, people do end up in relationships where they do end up having to kind of run interference and be the intermediary yes. between family yep. members. Yeah, like, and almost have to apologize on behalf of their partner. Right, and I think yeah. she was getting mad at him for that. Yeah, like I think when he was like, "Oh, thank you so much, thank you so much," she was like, "Shut up, shut up, don't say thank you to them." Good, <laughs> right. Which brings yeah. which brings me to my class dunce was Heather, of course. Okay. Because that was just like, it made no sense. It was like, it was irrational. Everything she was yes, doing was completely very irrational, irrational. Right. It was like it, it seemed like dealing with a toddler. Like, oh, yes. she's to the point where you don't don't talk to her. Just let her go. Like, let her have her temper tantrum because you're not gonna be able to reason with her. She's not gonna make any sense. Mm-hmm. And like that's, you know, that's not an that's not an okay way for an adult to act. Yeah. No. Definitely. Okay, so my dunce is Tyrese, you know, like I think like if you're still kind of questioning and it's obviously not him, right? So it's got to be that she's dead or back in jail. Right. Like these are your options. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, oh my gosh, like you're old enough to kind of get an idea that, you know, not to be completely cynical, but, you know, like to be realistic about a situation. Right. There's Some, probably sometimes a third you'll see option. That. Yeah. Sometimes you'll see that. Oh, you were so close. You were so close. Oh, <laughs> yeah. man. Yeah. Because you do that. It's like, oh, either either she, you know, got in trouble or and you're like, OK, he's going to say it or she's dead. And it's like, oh, no, that wasn't the right. No, there, no. there was something else there. <laughs> Diaries. How oh. about she found another sugar daddy? How about that? Right. Exactly. All right. What about your life lesson? All right. So this was for Sean and Destiny. And this is oh, something gosh, that came up for them. when Hector was talking to Sean. Right. And he mm-hmm. was asking about, well, you know, in this relationship, you know, you have a lot to lose. And she really doesn't have anything to lose. Right. Mm-hmm. 
I feel like once that frame has entered the discussion of a relationship of who has more to lose, the, the mm-hmm. relationship is done. It's done. Cut it off. It's we're done. All right. All right. Because <laughs> it's like it, if you're thinking about in terms of it, that's not even like a transactional right part mm-hmm. of a relationship because we said transactional relationships can work if both partners are okay in the transaction. This is yeah. more like you're thinking of it as a almost like a, a heist of a relationship. Like, oh, can you keep her trapped around because she has more to lose? It's just, it's it's yeah. not a great sign for your relationship. No, definitely not. So my uh, life lesson also has to do with Sean and Destiny. Uh, Sean, more specifically, uh, milestones in a relationship don't necessarily mean that there's going to be change in the relationship. So if you're thinking that engagements, marriage, or babies will make someone change and you're not happy where things currently are, you should probably reevaluate the relationship and not where you are in your relationship. Totally. Yeah. 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 He just was – he's like, well, this will calm her down. It's like, right. Mm-hmm. It'll Why? make her settle down. Why? Where we are in a relationship is the problem. We're not married. Yeah, that doesn't. That's, no, that's, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make it's any sense. It's the person. Right. It's yeah. them. They are who they are. Exactly. But I feel like, you know, I, I wouldn't say it's super common, but I feel like people do think that, you know, like, oh, this person will stop their partying ways once we're married or they'll stop their partying ways once they have a kid. And people do, but it's it's usually the other way. Right. It's it's they're messing up your correlation, your causation. Right. Mm-hmm. When people are ready to stop their partying ways and are getting tired of their partying ways and they were like, hey, you know what? I'd rather do this now. That's when they choose to get married. So sometimes right. people were partiers that are now settled down and married. Sometimes they were, yeah. you know, crazy. Now they're a great mom. Right. And that's because the change came first. It wasn't the, the before the before the milestone. Right. And I would say on the other side of that, you have a bunch of oopsie baby mamas that don't stop partying because it's like, well, that's not something that they were really ready for. Right, right. It, 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 they're not dependent on each other at all. Yes, mm-hmm. right. Okay, so I'm excited to see where this group goes next week. So we will be back again the next week. Yep, we will see everybody then. Okay, sounds good. All right. Okay, okay bye. Bye. Bye.